Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and as you know, we're entering into the month that we will have a resurrection celebration, and we certainly pray that this year that nothing, none of the distractions, none of the discouragements, none of the bad news that that are, are going to get worse and worse as we get closer to the coming of Jesus Christ. Friend of mine, I want you to know today that God loves you so very, very much. And we need to be singularly focused upon just how much He loves us. Now, I'm not talking about the Sunday school perception that we initially got, which is great for children, but I'm talking about a full-grown full-blown perception and conception and understanding of the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. I was having at a hairdresser's before we read the scripture, and not because I go to some fancy place to get my my 10-minute trim is all I need. Amen. Not a lot of hair up there on the top. I mean, there's enough. You know, I'll take it all, any color, any kind. And, and But my wife goes to this particular hairdresser and I just go in and she trims me while she's doing you know more extravagant things to my wife and I'm out of there and wait in the car or come back and pick my wife up but the hairdresser knowing I was a minister she asked me she was 81 years old raised Catholic and she asked me a lot of questions and one of the questions she asked says do you believe the cross should be talked about so much at Easter uh, why don't we just talk about the resurrection why don't we just talk about the empty tomb and I just quickly replied to her well, with, with, without the resurrection the cross would mean nothing Without the cross, there would be no resurrection. And without the resurrection, then the cross would be meaningless and Christ's death on it would be meaningless because he was raised for our justification. He died as a sacrifice for our sins, but he was raised because for our justification. And if he wasn't raised from the dead, then our preaching is vain. Our, our, we're still yet in our sins and the dead are not raised. There's so much uh, import placed upon the resurrection to validate that God has accepted the sacrifice Jesus offered on the cross and we tried to to in just <laughs> while she's trimming my hair to get into this deeper theology of the resurrection of Easter Sunday and I wanted her to know the cross is vitally a part of the resurrection celebration. Amen. What we call Easter, I, I would rather really call it. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with Easter, but it's not about the bunnies. It's not about, you know, the chocolate eggs, even, <laughs> even though they're very good to eat. Uh, listen, 
It's all about Jesus dying for us and being raised from the dead to seal, amen, the covenant, the blood covenant, to sprinkle it on the mercy seat in heaven in our behalf today. And I'm excited about this entire month and this focus upon Jesus dying on the cross and being raised the third day. So the title of our message going into this month month is really knowing, really knowing the love of Christ. Again, not the Sunday school knowledge, just giving mental assent. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That is a great thing for a Sunday school child. It in no way gives us the deeper understanding that God wants us to have of himself and his heart and what was going on in Jesus when he was on that cross suffering so terribly. I'm going to make a statement real quick. Nails did not hold Jesus on the cross. Roman soldiers did did not keep him from coming down. When they came for him, Peter tried to defend him and, and cut off a man's ear as he swung for his head. And Jesus stooped down and said, put the ear back on the man. First plastic surgery was a miracle of God. Amen. And the blood stopped and he told Peter to put up his sword. He said, if my kingdom was of this world, I would have called the the armies of heaven literally, amen, to deliver me. But my kingdom is not of this world. Well, what held him there? If the Roman soldiers couldn't, and if the nails didn't, what held him there? And what kept him from coming down and escaping the pain and pangs of death? The only thing that could have, and the only thing that did, was his love for you and his love for me. Oh, friend of mine, Thank you for the cross. One of the songs we sing is, Thank you for the cross, my friend. Isaac Watts wrote about it. I'm going to read two verses from his song. When I survey the wondrous cross. He said, When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Were every realm of nature mine, my gift would still be far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, and my all. Friend of mine, let's talk a little bit. To prepare hearts to celebrate the resurrection, let's talk about really knowing the love of Christ this morning. Amen. The, the Apostle Paul gave us uh, something to really chew on here in the Word of God. Let's turn to it, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14, a prayer for the church at Ephesus to be able to survey the wondrous cross. Listen to this. He said, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. 
Listen, this is so important when we, when we begin to understand the power of God that is within us by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we're so focused on that power and knowing that power instead of knowing the person that has sanctified us to such a degree through His sacrifice on the cross that we would qualify to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Strengthened by might, by His Spirit in the inner man. Listen to verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and... uh, Oh, we're going to survey the cross right here because we're going to survey the love of Christ that held Him to it. May be able to comprehend or perceive intimately, personally, entirely what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, listen, which passes knowledge. How can you know anything that passes knowledge? We know it by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, the revelation of the Word of God. Amen. And we know it because of the realization of it in our heart and in our life. Praise God. You know, the scripture said the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. We need the revelation of God by the Holy Spirit, and we need the realization of the love of God as we experience it by the Holy Spirit once again in our heart and in our life. With all saints, this is not for some particular super spiritual people to comprehend or perceive. This is for all of us. Amen. To the greatest of us, to the least of us, God wants us to know. And that's why he inspired the Apostle Paul to pray that we might comprehend with all saints all the dimensions that we might literally survey the wondrous cross because we survey the love in the heart of the wondrous Christ who was hanging on it and stayed on it for six hours. Amen. After being beat, uh, I would say, an inch of his life, he only God could give him what he needed not to die prematurely until our sin debt was paid in full. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Just because you are full of the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you're filled with all the fullness of God. If you're looking at the Holy Ghost, more of He who manifests power than He who manifests this person to us and His person to us and God's person to us. I like the old covenant where it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is 
good. And that word taste literally means to perceive it, to comprehend it. And it's this comprehension of God being love and God's love expressed in Christ and Christ's love expressed on the cross to us today. Hallelujah. And then, then verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Praise God. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. What a mouthful from the Apostle Paul. What a prayer for us to to apprehend by comprehending the love of God in Jesus Christ and the love of Christ for each and every one of us. It said very clearly as Jesus taught us to love one another in John fifteen thirteen. It says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. I love the story that Sheila Walsh told. She told the true story related to her by a missionary in South Korea. And this is, this is what the missionary conveyed to her. A mother, shortly after giving birth, tried to walk the, to the mission station in a bitter winter storm, unable to continue. And concerned for her infant boy, she took refuge under a bridge. Realizing she could not survive the cold, she took off all her clothes and wrapped her baby in them. They found her dead the next morning. But the baby lived and was raised by the missionaries. At twelve years of age, in the dead of winter, he asked to visit his mother's grave. He told the missionary to wait nearby while he went to the grave alone. He proceeded to remove all of his outer clothing. He stood shivering, but motionless. The missionary ran to him and covered him with his own coat and heard him say, Mama, were you this cold when you died for me? You know, it's so easy, isn't it, to read Jesus died for us and to not really understand the length the breadth, the depth, and the height to really perceive the love of God and the love of Christ that is represented on that wondrous cross. No wonder Isaac Watts, beginning to biblically and personally and spiritually apprehend and comprehend this, wrote the wonderful words, When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain, I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Were, were every realm of nature mine, my gift would still be far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. You know, we don't love God because we read about the love of God alone, but because we begin to experience it. We begin to really perceive it and understand it. The scripture says we love him because he 
first loved us. And this is how much that He loved us. First John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. One translator states it this way, By this we come to know progressively, to recognize, to perceive, to understand the essential love that He laid down His own life for us. I know that we all think we know this great truth, but do we really perceive it? I like Jameson Fawcett Brown translation in this commentary. It says, We arrive at the knowledge of love. We apprehend what true love is. His love is manifested to His people and perceived by them in various instances, but in nothing is it more clearly seen than in the following one, because He laid down His life for us. According to commentator John Gill, He laid down His life. Jesus said, No man takes my life from me. Don't see Him as a victim without any options. He set His face like a flint when He left Gethsemane. He was determined to die this death so He could give us this eternal life, this eternal hope, this eternal love. Praise God. Amen. He said literally, the cross which shows His love, His grace, and favor. For this arose not from any merit, or worth in the persons He died for, not from their love or loveliness or duty, but from His rich mercy and the great love wherewith He loved them, and which, though it cannot be equaled, it should and can be imitated. Because He demonstrated this kind of love for us, we should be demonstrating Love for one another. By this, Jesus said, Amen, shall all men know. By this singular thing, shall all men know that you are my disciples, because you have love one to another. Friend of mine, God's love today is unconditional. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says it clearly. It says, For for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. One translator said we were utterly helpless, and yet Christ died for us. God loved the world of fallen humanity with all of our sinfulness and stubbornness, all of our pride and selfishness, all of our arrogance and indifference, all of our sacrilege and blasphemy. Yet He loved us and sent His only begotten Son to suffer and die in our stead in order to save us. Matthew Henry says of the phrase without strength, it is the manner of God 
to help at a dead lift <laughs> when we couldn't do anything to help ourselves. You know, I, I was a gym rat for several years. I wasn't into bodybuilding. I couldn't, I couldn't wear what you need to wear and I, I didn't have muscles like I needed to have. I was just trying to stay healthy. And, but I went to the gym regularly and, and there were power lifters there. They were not there as they said to get pretty. <laughs> they were there to get strong. Amen. And, and they, they did, one of the lifts they did was, was a dead lift where they load up the weight and you take a hold of it and you stand straight up with it and and it's lifted off the ground there's nothing to aid or help it is dead weight I don't know if you've ever tried to lift a person who was unconscious. That dead weight with no help to lift is so very hard to lift. Only God could lift us like a dead lift. We couldn't help Him save us at all. There's no good we could do to help Him to save us. It, without strength means no merit of our own. Nothing on our part that, that would give Him reason to suffer like that. He did it. And I like once again Matthew Henry. I don't, I don't believe he was a gym rat back in, way back in the day. <laughs> Amen. But he says of this phrase, without strength, it is the manner of God to help us at a dead lift. God cannot express this great love to you, dear friend, by saving you unless you accept Christ as your Savior. And after you become a Christian, there's nothing you can do to make Him love you more. You are loved completely, and you are loved unconditionally, and you are loved eternally. Listen to Jeremiah 31, 3. You get a, a perception of how God's love works. It said, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. The, the counterpart, I believe, in 1 Corinthians thirteen eight, speaking of divine agape love, says charity. Not the charity of just giving to, 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 you know, to needy people or needy causes. This is, this is a word used for God's divine love, agape. And it says this agape love never Faileth. I like the Amplified. It said it never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Human love has limits, but it, and it can break down under pressure. But the love of God, hallelujah, endures all things, <laughs> believes all things, never fails and never ends. God's love is self-sacrificing unconditional and unending. God doesn't quit loving you if you sin. God doesn't quit loving you if you fail. God doesn't quit loving you if you disappoint Him. God doesn't stop loving you if you stop loving Him. If you'll return to Him in true repentance, He'll return to you. He'll save your soul. He'll forgive your sin if you'll repent and receive this love. For God so loved the world, the fallen world, 
with all of the, the, the filthiness and all of the, the hurt and the bloodshed and the anger and the angst and everything that the darkness has brought upon this world. Listen, God loved this world in that condition, you and me in that condition, enough to give His only begotten Son. And Jesus loved him, us enough to go to the cross and to stay on the cross until it was accomplished, until it was finished. Romans 8.32 said, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? There's no doubt in my mind that God loves me. I've doubted, I've doubted myself, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been reading this, teaching this, preaching this, and experiencing this for going on 50 years. <laughs> Amen. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is still blowing me away. <laughs> Amen. Grace is still amazing to me. Hallelujah. The cross still makes me want to fall down and not just cry holy, but to fall down and pledge my heart. Amen. <laughs> to to do exactly what Isaac Watts said when I survey, when I really get the cross and I understand it, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Where every realm of nature mine, my gift would still be far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, and my all. Glory be to God. There's no greater love, friend. And we love Him because He first loved us. And it's our perception of that love, our knowledge of that love, that causes us to devote our life to Him, enough that we will deny ourselves and take up our cross <laughs> and follow Him. Praise God. Listen, there's no greater love. Let us defeat doubt and disarm fear by declaring that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. God's unfailing love will sustain you. God's unfailing love will give you and I a sense of worth to defeat our feelings of weakness and inadequacy. When it's talking about the power of God in us, it's, it's a person. It's the Holy Spirit. And it is the love that is being manifest that is, makes us rooted and grounded. It's the foundation for that power to be manifest in us and through us. I like what Patty Loveless, the closey, closey, <laughs> the country music singer from our era sings about. This very idea in her hit song, Handfuls of Dust. Here's the lyrics. It said, break us down by our elements. And you might think he failed. We're not copper for one penny or even iron for one nail. And a dollar would be plenty to buy 20 of us. Handfuls of dust. Handfuls of dust. 
sums up the richest and the poorest of us. I remember reading somewhere that a scientist examined the value of the various elements that make up our physical bodies and discovered that one could buy the basic elements. This is before inflation, by the way, but still, it wouldn't make that much difference. That make up the human body for less than $2. Is that our real worth? Patty Loveless' song goes on to make a fine tribute to the surpassing value of love. She says we are just handfuls of dust until true love is added to these handfuls of dust. And then she concludes, true love makes priceless the worthless (laughs) whenever it's added to a handful of dust. Someone said of this, this, what we're worth if you break down just the body <laughs> and said this is an amazing thing. You, he, he summed it up and said $2, same thing. He said, isn't this amazing that we put a $200 suit on a, on a $2 man? <laughs> I don't think you can get a $200 suit hardly anymore. Listen, friend of mine, what are you worth? What am I worth? But more importantly, what does God think you and I are worth? In our text for today, Peter says our value cannot be measured in terms of silver and gold. According to to Peter in his letter, He said, you know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited by your ancestors, not with perishable things as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. I would suggest we change the words of Patty Lovelace's song to say, God's love makes priceless the worthless, whenever it's added to a handful of dust. There's no greater love than the love of God, demonstrated by the sacrifice of His Son on the cross for our sins. Peter says we were ransomed. First Peter one eighteen. we were ransomed. We were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. We're worth more than money could ever purchase more than the mind could ever imagine. It's a love that passes knowledge. Our value cannot be measured by silver and gold. The value of something depends entirely on the price someone is willing to pay for it. I might suggest that my ink pen is worth a hundred dollars, <laughs> but until someone is willing to pay that price, it's worth nothing. On the other hand, I might not want a Picasso painting hanging in my house, (laughs) but there are many people who will pay millions for an original. The value is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. Now, I don't know today. The Bible said we shouldn't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. Oh, but friend of mine, we should never, ever devalue our worth to God in that he was he loved us enough to give his only begotten son he spared not his own son this is a love that passes knowledge this is a love 
that you have to truly accept by faith and experience by the Holy Spirit. For the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. If you go to hell today, if you don't know Jesus, and you certainly will according to the Word of God. That may shock you, but God loves you too much to let that happen. He's made a way of escape, even though He is a just God, and He is the judge of all flesh. And without the blood being applied to our life, and us repenting of our sin and receiving Christ is our Savior. He can't forgive us, but He wants to. He can't save us, but He wants to. He's went to the farthest extent that anyone could ever go. Greater love than this hath no man. O oh, friend of mine, don't run from this love. Don't run from this grace. Don't run from this God. This Easter season, this resurrection season... Oh, friend of mine, let God's love reach you today. Let God's love touch you today. Let the Holy Spirit make it real in your heart and in your life. Let it melt the hardness, the calloused heart. When I survey the wondrous cross, oh, friend, this season look upon that cross and see a man hanging there taking our punishment by taking our place so that we could repent of our sin and be forgiven so that we could be pardoned so that God could embrace us and not judge us and turn turn from the path that you're on and walk the path that leads to Calvary and bow at the foot of the cross repent of your sin and receive Christ as your Savior and let this boundless love flood your soul and change your life and your destiny eternally come to Christ today and Easter Sunday morning, resurrection celebration morning, <laughs> find where the saints are meeting because they'll be celebrating all over the world this greatest of all Christian holy days. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And today, if you're a Christian, your worth is beyond any words that I can speak other than the Word of God to you. Just absolutely wrap yourself in the love of God and declare with Paul of old, what shall separate me from the love of Christ? Nothing. Nothing. List everything that could possibly try to, and he said, but nothing can and nothing ever will in Jesus' name.